Hey, look, if you guys are starting some crime-fighting Super Team Charlie's Angels shit, you count me in. Oh, shit. Things are getting exciting. How we doing? I'm pretty good. Nice. Nice. How we feeling? Pretty excited because of what we're about to do today. And what are we about to do today? Sensei, episode 7. Boom, there it is. And what is that one called? It's called WWN Double D? Question mark. Yes. I love it. It's actually like one of my favorite episode titles. Because it's like a um, mystery in itself. Yeah. That you get solved by the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. What would... Nancy Drew do which is I think a question we should all ask ourselves all yeah. day every day I'm going to use that in my life now oh, it's like I discovered that on the show I was like that needs to be a phrase that should be in the universe I'm so. sure you could get a bracelet oh that would be cool yeah we down anyway yes uh, today we are talking about episode 7 for Sense 8 season 1 and as per usual let's just go ahead dive right in who do you want to start with today yes I would like to start with... So much happens in this episode. Wolfgang. You want to start with Wolfgang? Yeah. Okay, let's see what happens with Wolfgang. Wolfgang likes to take his strong Berlin coffee in a seat outside while it's raining. Yeah. Because that's the type of person Wolfgang is. He has a nice little scene with Kala where... um, they get to actually spend some time together without completely terrifying the other with nudity. Um, she goes to the temple to pray to her favorite goddess. God? Goddess? I should look this up. <laughs> this is bad. Uh, Ganesha. Who's a really cool elephant god. I think Ganesha is a, is a male elephant, okay. but I'm not clear. I'm apologizing. This is not meant to be offensive. We just haven't done the research on it. And I'm sorry, but um, she is pretty much going to the temple and laying out all of her her big um, changes in her life that have happened recently. And uh, Wolfgang is there, and they uh, have like a fun little theological discussion because he doesn't believe in any gods. He don't. He doesn't think they help. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, they do. And he's like, well, you're a scientist. And it's a very cute discussion. Yes. He doesn't understand how she can be a scientist. Yes. And uh, and she says, uh, me being a scientist doesn't preclude my faith, which is uh, cute. And she, their, their storyline is pretty much tied together, I think, in this one. As they're just sitting, having a meeting. Yeah. And, uh, and I would like to reiterate that Wolfgang clearly has chosen to sit outside in the rain. Yes. Because no one else is out there with no him. No one is there. There are probably people indoors. No, they are. You can see yeah. them inside the cafe, being nice and dry. It's so silly. you know. He's dramatic, but we they're probably used him. to that. He probably goes in there and says the usual place setting, please. Yeah, and they'll be like, "But Mr. Wolfgang, it's raining outside." He's like, "Did I stutter?" And he says, "You know, but my Indian girlfriend is yeah. out in the sun, and yeah. I'm trying to create contrast." Yeah. For this scene. Yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, it is actually a really cool contrast because, you know, they're on some rooftop in Bombay, I think, of her family's place. Yeah, I don't know, because she is in the temple when they start talking, and so I assume she just goes there. Maybe. She might be on the roof It looks like the similar roof to their, like, engagement party. Yeah. I don't know. The point is, it's very pretty, but it's also, you know, 
it's Bombay, it's warm, and Merlin is in a fun, cold, tor torrential downpour. So it's these fun little contrasts between the two of them, and they have a really cute discussion about, like, he's like, oh, so do you think our connection's kind of a miracle? And she's like, yeah, I do. Um, and then... Well, she tells him about her... Well, she There's a flashback sequence, yes. right? About how she came to... Uh, love. Become a believer. Yeah, yeah, to become a believer, to love the idea of religion and community and all that connected mm -hmm. at the big parade. Festival. Yeah, the big festival they're Which having. I, uh, fun production note, they actually got to shoot there. They didn't d get to do, I think, any close-ups. They just did crowd shots because yeah. that would be a logistical nightmare to shoot. But they did actually go to the festival, which is fun. And then more of the close-up shots with, like, Baby Kala, with that cute Indian boy. Yes, I like that scene. I mean, for one, those two kids are both really well-chosen. Yeah. Uh, most, of the, most of the baby versions of the Sensates, I mm -hmm. think, are really well cast but Kala is super cute she gets lost in the crowd when she's a little girl at the festival and then cute Indian boy who I don't know his name but he's adorable um, kind of grabs her hand and takes her inside one of the um, what are you floats yeah. floats I guess yeah and then she gets to look out above the crowd and through the eye of yeah. I don't know which I think it's God, Ganesha I think it is yeah, yeah. Uh, and I like that shot and it was the music and everything yeah um it really captures what she's talking about, I think. Yeah, there's a sense of like joy and celebration yeah. and, and community. It's like and the opposite of Wolfgang. I yeah. picture Wolfgang in that situation thinking it's the worst thing ever. Yeah, exactly. But um, it's a really, it's colorful, it's bright, it's fun. And it's very impressive that they were able to shoot some of those scenes mm -hmm. there. So, yeah, so she, she explains that to him. And then they're about to kiss. And then Felix friggin' cockblots him. Sensate cockblock. Anyway, um, and it kind of repicks up his storyline again, where um, Abraham, the man that they had met a few episodes prior, that they're going to sell the diamonds to to move. Um, Felix is supposed to meet up with him later that day. Uh, Wolfgang is saying, "Yeah, yeah, you know, I think I need a break from Berlin. I think I want to go to India." And Felix is like, "Yeah, that's cool. Whatever. You know, that sounds fun. You need to change." Mm -hmm. um, and then when they're back in the, the lock shop that they both work at, Felix comes stormy in and he's like, something's wrong. Something's horribly, horribly wrong. There was no meeting. There's no meeting. I went around the guy's place. He's not there. There's no lights. Like, something is going down. And then he was says something to Wilkin, like, hey, maybe, you know, I can take that Indian trip with you. Mm -hmm. um, he goes to the door. There's a girl calling for help. And then Wolfgang's cousin immediately takes the mantle as worst cousin ever. <laughs> Because he freaking shoots Felix through, and I mean, it's not great. It doesn't look good. Glass everywhere. There's a glass ever. It's a very cinematic shot. Yes. But it's terrible, and I'm pretty sure that's how the episode ends. No. It's not. Oh, that's where we think it could have ended, but then there's like always that yeah. one extra scene. This episode has a lot going on. Yes. So there's enough material from oh multiple god. cliffhangers. I was gonna say, oh my god, it's totally not where it ends. No. Not thinking about the ending. And uh, but it is My stressful, bad. and is the first time any of our sensates friends, yeah, or you know sensates, are injured. Yeah, it's yeah. scary. It scared that I remember the first time I saw that I was like, what? Well, this is the first episode of the second half of the season. Yes. It's like a statement. Yeah. Things You're telling me. Statement of violence. No, um, it is interesting. I still find it very stressful. Yeah. We have noted, having seen all of Sensate, that. 
there aren't a lot of deaths, really, you know? No. People, the sidekicks don't die. The senseis don't die. Spoilers. Maybe it would have been different. I know. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. This is an inclusive podcast only you, for people, people should who know already know all this things. but um yeah it, it's funny because well they don't they don't die they and, don't die um maybe that would have been different if they had five seasons and they wanted some right. drama or something yeah. but as it is uh not a lot of death cru- not a lot of cruelty to the audience and their <laughs> beloved characters they do like to toy with you though I'm yeah just saying. Well, i think that sort of thing could be a recipe for uh feeling like there aren't stakes if no one can get hurt but right. it never really feels like that for some reason. I think part of that is because things like this with Felix, he doesn't die. However, he is pretty much out of it for the rest of the season. Yeah. You know, it's not like... There are consequences yeah. to getting hurt and the violence. You know, it's not just like, and I'm back for the next episode in top fighting shape. It's so. a tricky tone to manage. Because yeah. I think this is the kind of show where it would feel a bit weird if people were dying left and right. It's, right. it's such a positive, life-affirming sort of thing. It's harder to sustain that if all your character's best friends are dead. Right. True. Um, but you do need the the consequences anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah. for now, you know, he doesn't look like it he's looks in good bad. shape. It looks bad. I remember the very <laughs> first time I saw this episode, I was like, oh my god, they killed Felix. And I wasn't even in, like, I wasn't super invested in Felix. I thought he was really fun. And then they're going to pull that thing that they always do once like a character you're not sure if he's going to pull through. They're like, let's do flashbacks and show you how great of oh, a yeah. friend he is. They so do. that's something we have to look forward to. I guess but that's in the next one. I'm, yeah. I always associate it with this one just because this is the one where he gets shot. No. Yeah. But uh, it's... I mean, even without knowing that, it's still stressful. And even knowing it and seeing this episode multiple times, I still get really, really stressed when he's... Don't a, go to the door. Felix. I'm like, don't do it. And he does every time. Never changes. But uh, That's pretty dramatic for Wolfgang there. Yeah. We, we should... We were talking about Kala and how they're pretty intertwined. Does Kala do anything else in this one, really? I don't think so. I'm looking at my notes here. And I think, really, she's just having a, a discussion with Wolfgang. I think it's really fun to note that... Um, she she tells Ganesha that she you know has uh, Ganesha must have sent her a man with a very large trunk and it makes me laugh every time um, because it's just it's such a Kala thing to say it is like she is the only sensate who could probably deliver that line and you'd be like yep that's a hundred percent in character that's definitely Kala um, but I do think it's a nice discussion and it is the first you don't get a lot of flashbacks with Kala when she's little no. or like her life prior to becoming a sensei um, the only indication is you know she's worked really hard and studied at university and you'll find out a little bit more down the line probably in the next season I believe where she's pretty progressive in terms of like being a working woman in India she doesn't really she's not uh, you know, having a traditional marriage, mm-hmm. she's doing a love match. She doesn't, I know in season two, she makes mention like that one of her friends, I think, is having a, f- a baby and expanding the family. And she d- goes on this rant about, you know, education and having a great career and stuff. So, you know, Kala is an interesting character. I think she's full of not necessarily contradictions, but complexities and that's really nicely showcased yeah. when she's having a discussion with Wolfgang about you know religion and science is a bit of a side note you're talking about flashbacks mm. and I do think this might be the only call of flashback I think so yeah and I think basically flashbacks are pretty heavy for most of them yeah I think almost all of them except 
I'm pretty sure that Leto never has a flashback. He has the 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 episode ten. They all get technically a flashback. Oh, I mean, yeah. But the, like the when birth. him is like a child. Like no. I don't think there is a child actor Leto. I mean, how could you cast child <laughs> Leto? Is the real question. And there. I I think that there is one for everyone else, even even for Nomi briefly. Yes, that um, is true. Yeah, and that's interesting. Yeah, I think it's interesting that with the if you're looking at it from that spectrum, Kala is aside from Leto, only gets one flashback. So she gets the least amount of flashbacks. And then Wolfgang, arguably as a kid, gets like the most amount of yeah. flashbacks because his past is, you know, fun and messed up. Will has a lot. Will has a lot too. But I feel like that kind of slows down a bit more by season two. Yeah, I think it kind of depends on what part of their lives are important for the story. Right. Like, Riley has a lot of flashbacks, but they're of more recently. Yeah. Uh, not when she's a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, they have a cute discussion. I really like that scene. It's a good one. It's a good... Uh, it it feels like a continuation of the previous episode. Call and Wolfgang are kind of having this extended conversation mm-hmm. after the wedding in these right. two episodes. Yeah. And uh, they clearly are into each other. And it's fun. It's fun to see their dynamic because they are... they, For all intents and purposes, seem like polar opposites. But they're so... Oh. Their chemistry's really good, too. <laughs> like, every time they look at each other, it is get, like, really giggly. It's fine. I'm an adult. I can handle those emotions. Anywho, uh, yes, that's what's going on with them. And then um, we have, oh God, do we want to tackle Nomi? Sure. Okay, so I guess- Drama first. (laughs) Yes, we'll do the dramatic. So the most important thing you need to know about Nomi in this episode is bug. Oh, that's true. (laughs) We get bug, (laughs) which I'm so excited about. Bug is great. So uh, where we last left Nomi, she has made the decision that, you know, she's going to figure out why these people are after her because she didn't want to get a lobotomy and what's going on. She wants to get to the bottom of it. And this kind of precludes her relationship with Amanita because, um, you know, they they start the episode with both of them somewhere in San Francisco Mm -hmm. waiting to meet up with uh, a, a friend from Nomi's past and Nomi explains her her old hacking days and how uh, her and this guy Bug got in trouble with the government for hacking Mm -hmm. and uh, by all accounts Bug should be the one that is in jail but since Nomi took the fall for him because she was a juvenile she had rich parents and she got off with community service. So now he's in debt. Yeah and so he's in a major debt to Nomi but also she's like I trust him this dude is off the radar he's the best of the best and I think it's it's fun because like I feel like this is the only one of the few moments where Amanita isn't 100% sure or supportive Yeah. Um, just because she's like the world's best girlfriend throughout the entire series and she always believes Nomi she's always there for her but for some reason in this instance she's just like wow this is a whole new side of you and she comes around very uh, quickly it takes in the a while episode. for Amanita to like Bug too yes. I think maybe in like the Christmas special yeah <laughs> finally it's when it happens so uh, it's not this season but um well I don't think she appreciates the way he talks to her no obviously. and I don't yeah I don't blame and, her and Nomi is, knows him so she's far more forgiving yeah and I also think I mean this is a for Amanita I feel like it's it's a new territory because she's only uh, known Nomi at a certain part of Nomi's life yeah. and this is a, a different chapter an earlier chapter in Nomi's life 
and uh, it doesn't seem like, you know, it's when she was a juvenile, so she wasn't having the best time, and she was a hacker, and now she doesn't do that anymore. So for Amanita, it's like, whoa, this is a whole new side mm-hmm. of you, and I'm really stressed and worried. Um, and protective, I think, is a good is a good use of the word. So how would you describe our friend Bug? Uh, Bug is the best. Bug is a lot. Bug is a lot of personality. Remember the first, what was your first reaction to seeing Bug? Do you remember? I guess that this guy is operating at three or four higher levels of over-the-topness than normal. Yeah, I would agree. I also, I know I've, we've talked about um, down the line, people have made complaints about his delivery, but they even poke fun of that later. But I, I don't even think it's something that like, it's just great. It's, it's on purpose. It's on purpose. I think there's a fine art to delivering well, <laughs> such over-the-top material. He literally can make like one word really, really funny. Yeah. I don't get it. But um, yeah, he's kind of a fun character. He's over the um, top. He's crazy. In, he's supportive. Well, you asked me in, in this yeah. instance, the yeah. first appearance, and I don't think he really extensively appears much more until the Christmas special right. and um, series two where he's in it more. Yeah. But um, for now, I think it was much more an impression of this guy is half really entertaining yeah. and half sketchy because of course you are thinking he could yeah. betray them or something yeah. and we just saw something like that happen to Riley you know, right. with a person she knew from the past Right. Uh, this isn't exactly a secure situation No. it's easy to look back uh, on him after the rest of the show and think well Bug is great Yeah. but obviously you feel a little bit more like Omnita in this scene yeah. who is this guy and he <laughs> the is way he reacts to, to Nomi's changes that he did not I'm not unclear if no, he, he re- was not aware. He was aware, but forgot. He's a, he's aware, but forgot because he goes, where's Mike? And she's like, I'm yeah. Mike. He's like, oh my God, you're right. For, well, obviously, I'm an, I'm an idiot. She, she must have told him, but he's never actually yeah, seen Nomi. Yeah, seen yeah. Um, and he, I think it's very interesting because I imagine it's <laughs> some of this comes from experience on the writing side mm. of the idea of a person who is fundamentally well-meaning Yes. Uh, but they're not necessarily very good at uh, not talking about and they stuff that they are confused about yet, yes. essentially. Okay. Uh, um, which is, a, a, I think, another reason why, like, this is someone from Nomi's past and someone who is um, probably not the most considerate or, yeah. quote-unquote, it's unintentionally disrespect. I mean, he even's like, no disrespect, and you're like... I can well, get why Amanita um, gets on the defense. She's like, yeah, I mean, her the, name the, is Nomi. <laughs> like, and the the thing he says is is certainly a, a thing that people have derogatorily said, yes. you know, about how he would he would have sex with her, basically. He's like, you're you're um, so hot now. And um, that's that's certainly not a thing that would come off very well, typically. Uh, yes. The difference, as I said, is that Nomi uh, knows him. Yes. Already. And she clearly can tell that he's he's not trying to be. There, I don't think there's any awful. I don't think there's anything malicious about Bug. Yeah, that's but you might malicious not know that right away. And so Almanita's response is very that's understandable how I would because yeah. um, that's how you probably would want to respond to most people if they were saying those words. Yep. <laughs> but Bug is clearly a, a special case. Yes. Um, but I like the, the, I don't know. It's an interesting nuance there that. Um, despite the fact that this show is about um, a lot of people and 
basically rooting for all of them almost, mm-hmm. except for a few rare cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it even leaves room for that kind of thing still with yeah. uh, with people who aren't there yet, you might say. Yeah. 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 Who are working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not like he even has to come around to the idea. It's just the fact that, like, I don't think he knows how to react or handle it. Mm-hmm. I think one of my favorite moments is when, um, you know, they've made introductions and he is showing them the equipment that he's got for them because, you know, he's going to use it to spy on Metzger and figure out, you know, who the hell these people are that almost, you know, try to lobotomize her mm-hmm. and why they're, you know, breaking into their loft and making them feel unsafe and essentially putting them on the run. They're in hiding right now. Yeah. Um, He's showing her all of these, like, different pieces of equipment. She's like, I need this, this, and this. And honestly, it all sounds made up to me. But, you know, I buy it because they say it with confidence. And it's very likely this could actually be a thing. But they all sounded like Pokemon things. When she's like, I need this and this. And one of the things he's like, oh, I don't have this, but I have this. And she's like, oh, my gosh, that's NSA grade. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, got a hard on when that came up. And she's like, yeah, I know what you mean. And he just, like, the look on his face, he just looks, like, confused and yeah. is not sure how to react to it. And it's it's comedic to me because I'm just like, oh, bug, you just don't know what to do. And I think you're already, like, in a good enough space where you're just, like, not going to comment on that because... A, you shouldn't have to, but I feel like you want to, and you didn't, and that was good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, yeah. so they, they get the equipment from Bug. Um, they spend some time at uh, Almanita's mom's house setting up equipment, and uh, Nomi essentially hacks in and figures out Dr. Uh, Metzger's uh, essentially past work uh she finds his insurance and that is essentially like his uh his the list of work that he's done and she figures out that he has uh, done these surgeries all around the world before and he has done three specifically in san francisco where they are two of them died one of them is like a lobotomized zombie right now niles bolger and uh so they go to track him down. Well, they go see. Yeah, they go see the guy. Yeah. Niles first. And Nomi freaks out. Yeah. Um, it is important to note that before this, um, in order to get hack into his computer, they go to a coffee shop and they copy uh-huh. all of his information, and they get. Uh, he abruptly leaves the phone, uh, with his phone, and Nomi gets a. Um, he gets a call from somebody. Seems really stressed out. Nomi's like, oh, he got a call from a Dr. Matheson. She's like, wow, if, if Metzger's freaked out by this guy, like, I gotta know who he is. Mm-hmm. And so she calls, and lo and behold, Matheson is whispers, and he's very creepy, and he starts to yell because he thinks it's Metzger on the line. Do and then we... he's like, oh, is this Nomi? I'm looking forward to meeting you. And it's terrifying. Do we know that name yet? No. Oh, Matheson, yes. Whispers. Whispers, no. No, I mean I would say as far as the point we're at now, if you remember enough, you would remember that it's the guy from the opening scene of the pilot, basically. Yeah, he's like aching Angelica on, and yeah, yeah, and you also get his uh, well, you get to see him too, but that's in Will's storyline, so yeah, it's creepy, very mm-hmm. creepy. Don't like it. So 
Yeah. Anyway. How does that end up for them? For them? Well, they go and they see the zombie guy. They freak out. And then um, Naomi figures out his schedule that Dr. Metzger is going to be flying out of town to go to Chicago, actually. Oh, my. Which does, actually, now that we've brought this up, this is the first time I'm thinking of this, like... Have they traced Will? Like, why are they going to Chicago? Because the whole thing is, like, he's in the zombie-making business. They send him out to zombify a, a sensei, and he does it. Mm-hmm. So that's actually an interesting thought. It is interesting. Um, so, uh, obviously, Amanita senses a costume change, and they go and they decide to break in to Metzger's apartment and go through his stuff. There's some really funny moments where they're both very confused that he has no porn stashed away. Amanita spots a picture with him with Dick Cheney, and she's like, oh my god, he's evil. But then she's like, he can't be all evil because, lo and behold, he has Nancy Drew books. Uh, He comes back to the office, uh, his apartment, early while they're trying to essentially get everything off of his his computer. So Nomi's stalling for time. Amanita's being a badass with some pepper spray and a hammer. And... uh, she's just like you need to start talking and tell me who the hell you guys are and he was just like no no no. I think I'm glad you came back we can work this out (laughs) and she's just like really because like I've seen your surgeries I see what they do to people you're making zombies he's like no I heard you went to go visit Niles he's like that must be why my my flight got cancelled but she's like oh did Dr. Matheson uh, tell you that I went to go visit Niles and he freaks out and then he's like oh my god what have you done Jonas pops up up in there and was like, no me, you gotta get stressful. out of there. It gets really stressful. I mean, because when is the last time we saw Jonas? Not, not for a couple episodes, I feel like. Not since he told Will to, like, you gotta go help Nomi escape. But Jonas shows up and is like, it's it's an interesting scene, because I remember the first time I saw it, like, I was kind of on board with Nomi, being like, I don't know who this dude is, and everybody's scared of him, but you know, I'm a confident hacker and I'm going to find answers and it's not until that moment where even though it's clear that Metzger is scared of Matheson both in the coffee shop and when his name is mentioned again in the apartment it's not till Jonah shows up where I was like oh shit Nomi's probably made a huge mistake right now um, and because there's some some sort of gravitas with Jonas when he, he sends you warnings he's like you gotta get out of there and I think it's because like every time he's warned one of the sensates about something and they haven't done it like shit's gone down so whenever he pops up and tells you to do something as of now in this series they're like yep we're good we should probably do that and then niles the scary ass zombie who is comatose just comes in guns a blazing like some freaking terminator (laughs) and the girls escape metzger tries to escape he gets shot and then Niles blows his own brains out. But it's a really interesting shot where the girls are looking at him from, you know, around the corner in a hallway, freaking out. And uh, there's a mirror in front of him, and Matheson is in the mirror when he shoots himself. And that is how the, the this episode ends. Mm-hmm. And then it cuts to the preview for the next episode, where, where Dr. Matheson's, Matheson's just Matheson's staring right into your you. soul. It's scary. Um, yeah, it's really stressful, and it's, I think, a great scene. It's a great action scene where the the situation just turns on a dime, where they think they're in control with Metzger, and then I, I know it's silly because he's not a great dude. I mean, he, like, lobotomizes people, mm-hmm. but I love that, like, the three of them are trying to get out together. 
obviously it doesn't work. The on, only the girls escape. Well, but you the fact feel that bad. You feel bad because you're just like, wow, I don't know what this guy did. I mean, I kind of do, but wh- whoever he's working for is clearly so much worse for him to be so scared to actually, like, ditch any and all pursuit of medically, you know, helping Nomi to be like, Nomi, we got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a it's a big scene, and it it raises a lot of questions. Like, what the hell, zombie, Matheson? What's happening? So good times. Yeah. Good fun, happy times, with that. And this is after Felix has gotten shot, yeah. so it's like, like what? Right after, actually. Yeah. Uh, I remember the transition because it was really cool. Yeah. Because Wolfgang is over Felix's body, like, oh no, yeah. and everything is slow motion. Yeah. And then the transition is the noise of the crowbar falling from the door for Amanita used as an alarm system. Yep. Scary. It's exciting. Really good. Who else we got? Uh, Well, those are the big ones, Mm -hmm. of course. But there is quite a lot that goes on, I think, in this one. Yeah. Uh, Will goes with Diego to actually follow up on their previous... Case. ...attempt, yeah, to talk to the, uh, the young kid that they saw watching on the uh, security footage the night uh, that Angelica died. Yeah. And Will gets in contact with his buddy that he rescued. And the pilot episode. And the pilot. Yeah. uh, Who has contacts. And so he takes them to the gang where the kid is from. Yep. Yes. Oh, you seem like you want to talk about this. I just love it. I think it's a great moment because um, (laughs) they're like, yeah, you're going to meet our our dude. And he's like, cool. And and they, they get, you know, the approval from the from the gang to come over and see the guy and his name's ludicrous lincoln and somebody mentions it while will and diego are literally like about to turn a corner and meet up with him and they both are like ah shit why did it have to be lincoln and the kid who got shot turns to blaze like oh you, you got some like some beef with lincoln <laughs> and diego kindly informs everyone that uh will definitely definitely had um uh, some sort of romantic relationship or attempted romantic relationship with uh, Ludacris Lincoln's wife? Ex-wife? This is like the former Mrs. Lincoln. The former Mrs. Lincoln. Yeah. It's just like the situation has already gone south. And it makes me laugh because it's like, oh, Will, you're a little Romeo. You get in trouble. I don't know. I can't really... It makes me giggle because I'm like, this is just... Like, Will's just... He's a good cop. He's trying to do his job. But also, like... His past activities are not doing him any favors. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's some there's some tension there, but uh, they did through it with some, uh, you know, careful philosophical discussion. Yeah. he said it was something about like what makes the world go round. It's commerce, yes. Yeah, it's not competition. It's commerce. I was like, what a way to open this, yeah. this discussion. He I just like jumps it. right into it. He's going for it. Um, so despite their uh, colorful past together. Um, he gives Will information. He brings over the little kid who is the, uh, the kid is called 4K, and he's, I know we're going to pick later, but just keep him in mind for characters. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so the little kid is the one who was keeping an eye on the corner of the church and saw stuff. He took pictures because there was a van, and uh, so they get a license plate off of the van, but more importantly, you get to see the kid snapped a picture of Whispers, who mm-hmm. is Dr. Matheson. Um, and the kid is like, yeah, just based on how everybody was reacting, you could tell this guy was in charge. And they're like, okay, good information, thanks. Uh, they follow that up over to the van company that rented out, 
and Will has a vision of Angelica, you know, shot dead in the van. And the guy who shows them van is like, this is like the cleanest van mm. that has ever been returned to us. So if there are any problems with it. Um, so it just kind of adds on to, it's a nice tie into Nomi's storyline because they're slowly connecting the dots, but they're yeah. coming at it from different angles. One from, you know, law enforcement and one from a less legal activity mm-hmm. with hacking. And um, they're drawing some pretty scary conclusions like this is a guy who has no problem taking out somebody and renting a van and being creepy with security cameras this is a guy who has no problem somehow knowing that Nomi's on the other end of the line and we don't quite understand at this point in the story what the hell happened with the zombie but you know that Matheson's behind it yeah like literally so yeah scary fun scary reveals and that's pretty much Will's storyline for this episode as him and and Diego are on the on the detective hunt to get answers more good material for Diego yeah you'll have to consider I know (laughs) it's just it's always tough but uh so that's their storyline uh we've got Leto who yeah big episode for Leto it's literally like I feel like it's a big episode for almost everybody and Mm. if not it's a big it's a new shift in a new direction that will lead to even bigger changes like with riley she doesn't have like a big blowout end of her yeah storyline but like she's in a new place now so so leto so leto uh is with hernando and danny out on a, a date a romantic restaurant which is Danny's idea. Danny's idea. Yeah. The other two are clearly very stressed, highly uncomfortable. They're like, this isn't going to work. This is a terrible, like, we can't cover. Like, what's our cover? And Danny's just like, guys, this is like a thank you for being so great to me. You know, we've had so much fun. I know that you really wanted to go to this restaurant. Like, what is the big deal? What's the difference between, like, we all went to the wrestling match together. They're like, that's completely different. She's like, <laughs> why? Because it's not a romantic restaurant? He's like, yes, exactly. Like, I'm very stressed. Which is silly because Hernando is wearing sunglasses yes. and is completely unrecognizable. Yes, and looking very cute. Yeah. So they come up with the plan that Hernando is the bodyguard. And which he does Which he very does. Well. And they all get really giddy about it because they feel like they've gotten away with something. And, you know, they go back to the apartment. They're having fun. They're dancing. They're kissing. They're. I always get really stressed during this part, yeah. especially with the elevator, with the neighbor coming down, because, like, they're kind of off of this high of, like, oh, my God, we did it. We got away with it out in public to be together without, you know, anybody questioning it. And then it, it just feels like any minute they're going to be caught. And in a way, they are kind of caught, but it's not in the way you would assume. Um, yeah. So... Joaquin, being the beautiful drama queen that he is, has broken into their apartment and is wearing his mask. Wearing his mask because he's the bad guy, but when he takes it off, he's the sad guy. (laughs) And I made a note of like, I feel like maybe it's just because he only shows up briefly once in season two, Mm -hmm. but like, I feel like we don't give Joaquin enough credit, the actor. Because he does such a good job of being like, you f- you're like, oh, this dude's pathetic, but he and he's funny, but he's also really terrifying. And yeah. sometimes it's a combination of the three all at once when delivering like a couple lines. This is a good scene for him because he's, he's just kind of silly too. Yeah. Like he's he's being ridiculous. Yeah. 
but he's scary, mm-hmm. you know? So he, he's broken into the apartment. He's clearly not over Danny, and he's threatening Leto. Uh, or I think he's kind of past threatening Leto. He's just kind of accepted it. But an acceptance in a way of he's like, hey, man, you're the best man who won. I'd like to see you have sex with Danny. Which is like, what the hell? <laughs> and, like, the way they react is literally how, like, anyone should ever react to being asked that by a crazy drunk ex-boyfriend asking to watch you have sex with somebody else so he can get some pointers like a weird ass sex ed class um and it's 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 scary it's uncomfortable and they're just like no 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 you need to go now and um danny's like i'm gonna call call the police runs downstairs she gets into like a bit of a tussle with joaquin stuff falls out of her bag this is important people because he's taken her phone yes which you'd think well that's not ideal he's a bit of an asshole but it's even more not ideal because guess what she recorded on her phone so they feel really proud of themselves again until i think morning i think it's not so much of like i think there's like a, a thrill of getting away with stuff like at the restaurant and covering at the elevator and then it, it just kind of sombers out well, i think when they when they kick him out they definitely feel like wow oh, we beat that guy yeah yeah it's not like excitement it's like whoa that was really scary not and because they're there's with him there's no threat of getting outed like with the other two but he is the one that outs them yeah um well they, they think it like this is just a dangerous guy yeah and so like we threw him out he won't come back yeah and plus hernando is the one who does it yeah so there's continues that feeling of like oh Hernando you're so cool you're so great you know? you're like the bodyguard yeah. Whitney Houston style until he it all comes them, crashing down texts them with her phone the next morning showing that he has pictures of them yep from the orgy Same. not just yeah for fun not just for plot. kicks and giggles important. very important plot yes. yeah it is, so it kind of comes full circle it's heart-wrenching it's terrifying they're essentially getting blackmailed now and that's pretty much where his story leads off mm-hmm. with Danny rushing out, crying, saying, oh my god, no, I can fix this. Um, so, scary. Yeah. Really scary, actually. Uh, and who else we got? We got Riley. Yes, there's Riley, who is in a new place. She is. She is flying over to Iceland. Um, Kafias is there. He's very excited about She's planes. He's so excited. She is pessimistic. Just constantly, like, planes are cool. Yeah. And she's just not having it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think she says something really interesting to me. He's like, oh, my God, you are so lucky you are on a plane. Look, there are clouds out there. She's like, I'm privileged, not lucky. And, and he like, says, no, you're lucky. No, you're lucky. Look at the clouds. Damn it, Riley. <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Um, it does have a nice little moment between them where she said she's she's kind of scared to see her dad again. And he's like, oh, I'd do anything to see my dad again. But I'm happy I have my mother. And it does a flashback with baby uh, Kafias with his mama. And uh, it's quickly discovered that he is unwanted by her family tribe because they say he belongs to his father's tribe, but his father's dead. So he's kind of in this weird space where he isn't wanted by either side. And his mom, being a badass, God damns them all to hell <laughs> and leaves. And they're like, don't leave. And he's like, where's my son? You guys crazy. Um, it's also, like, it's one of those things where I feel silly for not picking up on it earlier. But, like, his mom's clearly very pregnant. Yeah. And then 
it's just something where you're just like, oh yeah, it's a flashback, it's a story. And it didn't quite register right away for me where I was like, oh yeah, she's pregnant. What happened to the other kid? Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, a story point that does come up later. But um, I just love it because like there are different types of, you know, family issues and tragedies that happen and how people deal with it. Obviously, they draw from their own experiences. But I love that like all of this has happened to Coffeeist and he's like still the happiest, most not the happiest, but he's always optimistic and always trying to do the best he can do in his situation. Mm. You always know it's a bad time when Kavias looks really down. Yeah, that's when you know shit's getting real. But I like that he, you know, uses that example to try and cheer up Riley and be like, it's okay, you know, your family's your mm-hmm. family and you should feel grateful that you, you get to see your dad. And I like that he thinks that she's in first class. Yeah. <laughs> She is not. It is another fun production note on that, similar to Kala, them being able to film uh, bits and pieces at the festival. Um, as we will post probably by the end of this season and the episode extras, uh, a little behind-the-scenes video that they released yeah. for the making of season one. Um, in this particular episode, the flight that they are on is an actual flight. It's a booked flight. The people that you see on camera, I believe, are crew members for the show because they are actually flying to Iceland to film their scenes in Iceland. And mm-hmm. so they did what they what they do, and they're just like, well, what? we might as well film it because, come on, we have a scene on an airplane of her going and landing in Iceland. What We literally, this is the opportunity to film mm-hmm. that. And so they like they made up a little fake airline and just like put it all over the covers of the seats that you can see, like the little brand, and it's great. I think it's really fun where it's like, yeah, well, I mean, if we're going to do this as realistically as possible, we might as well shoot it. Yeah. And they did. And it's fun. But it's nice to think that, like, oh, yeah, the entire, well, a majority of the cast and crew on that flight, like, they're in those scenes. Mm -hmm. Maybe not the other rest of the cast, but it's fun. It's a fun little trivia. So if she does that, she lands, and she gets to see Murderized Dad. (laughs) Who has the most murderous eyes, but the kindest heart. Yes, it's true. No, her dad is a sweetheart. <laughs> he is in contention for best dad with Kala's dad. He he plays Bob O'Reilly on her arrival. Yes. On a ukulele? Question mark? Is it? Um, it's something it's of that something nature. Of that nature. And it's very sweet, and he has a delightful voice. And he's just, just so thrilled to see her. And uh, makes her pancakes. You know, tells her he's proud of her for being a DJ. Subtly <laughs> slides in there that, you know, he has to go practice. But if she wants anybody to drive her anymore, Sven is there. And um, you're like, why can't Riley drive around? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, though. The first time I heard that, I viewed it more as like, oh, she can't drive. It was more of, oh, you know, she's back home. People are excited. They yeah. want to hang out with her and spend time with her. So if she needs to go anywhere, they will be there to help. Well, I believe it's the next one where she explicitly says she doesn't she's drive. She's like, you know, I don't drive yeah. anymore. Yeah. So just little little kernels there. And she gets a tiny little foreshadowing to the next thing when a creepy voice appears behind her. And says, you should not be here. <laughs> Which is horrible. Yes. Makes me jump every time. It's like a horror movie. Yep. Uh, but that's pretty much her storyline is just kind of settling home and you can tell she's just like so much more at ease here mm-hmm. something about you know not getting chased by drug dealers really does it for you there's not a plastic bag in sight yeah so <laughs> uh, and who else we got son 
Yeah, well, I was going to go with copies. Yeah, that copies. makes more sense. Copies just, uh, oh you know, continues his job yes. of uh, transporting Amandi to yeah. uh, the, the hospital. Yeah. Back. I think basically he just does that until he um, goes and sees Silas Kabaka again. On this um, week's episode of Is Chopped. there a. Nothing else happens to him, right? No. Yeah. He goes to him, they're just sort of having a general. Discuss. It's for her. Yeah, so birthday. it's her birthday, yeah. which I would like to note. Thank God we were not invited to, because it is at the like tippity top of like a skyscraper rooftop. It looks like a helicopter landing pad with just presents galore, which presents galore sounds fun, but like helicopter like pad with like I feel like there's some high winds going on there, mm-hmm. and I just stresses me out. I'm like, oh God, stay away from the edges, small children, but uh. You know, it's another one of those things where Silas Kabaka, just when you're like, he's all right. Yeah, he's having a nice a good birthday dad. celebration. He takes a little break yeah. to go downstairs and, and chop someone's hands off. Yeah, with with such efficiency, you know? Yes. He he pretty much... I wonder what it is about him constantly, like, threatening Kafias because it's like, I get it, you're scary. But at the same time, like, we do get a little complacent with him after a while, which is why I find it so shocking, because I'm like, we were just upstairs with your daughter's birthday party. You're just being great. Now you got to go and, like, chop off some dude's hands. He just wants to make it clear to Kafias uh, what such the a good stakes father. are. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it, this is actually another one of those instances where it's like, character and plot are happening at the same time so it's a, a nice wake-up call again for coffee is that you're working for a very dangerous man yeah but um because he's chopping off some dude's hands it's important to also note that the dude's hands that he's chopping off is i believe someone who works for the superpower gang yeah I and that so. kind of uh instigates for future episodes the superpower gang getting all up in coffee's business again if you don't remember them, they were the ones that, you know, mugged the Van Dam. Yeah. And uh, they are not the same gang that called him Van Sham. I just want to clarify that. And yeah, those are just some guys. I'm not sure yeah, who those so, are. But yeah. they, they're, they've been in a power struggle with yeah. Silas because uh, that's why he talks to Kafias. Yeah. He says, like, those guys were bothering me. Yeah. Now they're, you know, how do you say? They're licking their wounds. Yeah. <laughs> because of you. Their, their hand stump wounds now because that's yes. just oh it's so horrible <laughs> it's sorry a very, just the trauma very quick moment it is I, I think it's it's uh, shocking because like you're not sure if he's gonna I mean you know he's gonna do it you know what's gonna happen but like for some reason I thought they were gonna cut away and they do not cut away man although you they do all those scenes with their blood splashes yeah uh, he's I, very good with his apron though <laughs> here is my thing if you are going to wield a machete to cut off somebody's hands, but you don't want to get, you know, your nice little suit for your daughter's birthday messed up, so you put on an apron over your your white shirt and nice snazzy tie, why the hell would you get a white apron? I mean, you're going to have to wash that blood out anyway. Like, That's a good point. What? These are the questions we I have to just ask. I was thinking about, um, I've seen some people say they don't like this since they pretty much exclusively uses uh, CGI blood. Uh, mm-hmm. Not just for something like this, but for its, uh, its gun shooting scenes. They use squibs for that. For like uh, they don't really. Not in Sense8. 
No, like, I, I, they must have for for um. I mean, there there is some the action scene that Leto shoots. Yeah, maybe like that, or there's a scene with with Wolfgang's uncle. But oh, yeah. uh, in general, they use quite a lot of they just use CGI ones. Hmm. And some people looks very fake to them. I guess uh, I doesn't really bother me. Yeah. I guess I'm not expert enough to be able to tell really. Yeah. But in general, they do use that, and I I just I do notice that it always looks very distinctive. Yeah. On the show because it always looks the same sort of way. Yeah. But I'm sorry if you're watching a man get his hands chopped off, and you're and you're like, well, is that CGI blood or not? I feel like I think uh, in you're a maybe scene taking like this, the wrong thing out of it. In a scene like this, it's probably not as big of an issue. Yeah. Because that's a lot harder to do. With, Chop uh, a man's hands off. Yeah. <laughs> with. Uh, like, I don't real know, he made it look pretty easy. Practical effects. Scary as hell. That should be like a PSA for like machete handling. Like, go to your safety classes, guys. Yeah, and you One slip and you could just... Clean chops. Yeah. You know, simple, quick. I am not going to lie. When he had his little apron on, I was just like, Silas Kabaka, maybe leave your life of crime and start a cooking show. <laughs> I feel like you have the, the, right, the right tools the right like apron for it he has like the body type to, yeah you know, to be yeah. a I chef. can just see him just just you know spending time with his daughter making like father-daughter recipes together raising awareness I mean, maybe that's what he is doing in the you know like maybe. second season I, I don't know oh it's horrible I don't understand the white apron anyway this is we're getting off track this is not important but it is well that's that's copious I mean yeah. as you may have noticed and me so many of these stories this episode end with something horrible happening. Yeah. This is the episode of Cliffhangers. Yeah. Um, Sun's actually doesn't end on a cliffhanger. Yeah, we haven't covered Sun yet. Which is nice. You want to do that now? I will. Yes. <laughs> Sun look, goes... Look at that segue. ...to real prison. Sun yes. goes to jail. Which, uh, set-wise, kind of looks like jail, but, you know. Yeah. Uh, and she meets her new fellow ensemble cast yes. of cellmates, three of them. Yes. Um, older lady, the... Younger lady and the in-between lady is how yes. I'll refer to them. I don't the, remember the their names. The two husband killers and the one father killer. That's true. Yeah. yeah. And the one, the um, the youngest one and the oldest one are much more present, I think, as characters generally. Yes. Especially the, the older one gets more stuff, like the Christmas special as well. Yeah. But uh, for and now, season two. I think that, that the one we know best is the younger one. Yeah. Because she, um, well, what did she do in this one? I'm sorry. Did she actually help her in this one? Yeah. Yeah, she sewing. helped her. Yeah, so in this one, it's a great moment where she gets transported to prison. I mean, that's not great, but uh, they do have, they seem to have, like, rope handcuffs. Did you notice that? No. When they get off the bus? They're, like, not, inter- like, the traditional metal handcuffs that I would associate with, like, you know, prison. Interesting. Uh, and, you know, police and stuff. No, it's like a weird rope thing. You should look into that. Anyway, uh, just because I've never seen it before on screen. But uh, she goes there, and her inmates, like fellow inmates, completely subvert expectations because <laughs> they like they come across as so intimidating. Where they're just like, "You stole that money. You almost bankrupted your father and, and brother's company." And they end it with like, "Well done. We're proud of you. We're so <laughs> proud of you. Sticking it to the man." And it's like these are some, uh, as one of her inmates says the uh, sometimes the only brave and honest woman you're ever going to find mm. is in prison and she gets to kind of hear their backstories uh, two of them poisoned their husbands because they were beating on them and one of them 
She's like, I pushed a wheelchair down an elevator shaft with my father still in it. And I feel like it's a great Chicago musical like moment where it's like, he ran into my knife ten times. I do not take blame for it. Um, well, I guess, you know, we can assume her father was equally bad. Horrible, I was thinking yes. during this scene, obviously, this is a slightly rosier view. There must be some people in here who are just... You know, Straight up horrible. B- bad people that yes. didn't have a reason. But it's a, a but theme the, of the, like yeah, women the theme. getting beaten down by men. And and the theme, I think, just as it applies to son, of yeah. like women who were being forced to essentially sacrifice, maybe the wrong word, but like do what their family decided should be done with them without getting to decide for themselves. Right. And so they have solidarity with each other. Right. Uh, and you know that's fitting for the the themes of it. Plus, there's that one uh, that one woman in the prison who's super oh, mean yeah. to Sun, so we can just assume I call she's her an the awful person. Bitch. I don't like her. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was harsh, but true. Yeah. So uh, it's a and then there's like that sassy guard who is like, while you're here, Sun, you're gonna learn like female vocational skills. <laughs> And she's like, do you know how to sew? And Sun's like, no. She's did like, your oh, mother not teach you? Did your mother not teach you? And she's just like, my mother died. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so she gets uh, one of her inmate uh, cellmates, I guess. Prison block mates. The young one. Who, yeah, yeah. Uh, she, she volunteers to help teach her. And she's obviously like one of the better ones in the class. But it don't matter because her work gets stolen by sewing bitch. And sewing bitch is just like, I'll see you outside. Just kidding. Because she's horrible. Also, sewing is hard. So, like, if you're good at it and you're fast at it, like, you 100% deserve to get to go outside in the, in the sun. Yeah. Um, but you can tell our character son is just like, well, this clearly is an injustice. <laughs> and she asks her, she's like, does this happen often? She's like, yep, pretty much. So uh, it just kind of sent her up in her new life, and I think it's nice that she's going to find kind of a... Prison family? Prison family. That sounds... That's not the term I was looking for, but it's not wrong. Um, Yeah, she finds, you know, camaraderie with women who have been not identical situations. That's probably nice for her, because as far as we know, she never really has had that except for her mom. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if that's the only experience that she's really had, then she clearly hasn't had a, a relationship like that for a very long time. Because her mom died when she yeah. was so young. I mean, I don't get the impression Sun has really ever gotten to have friends. lots of friends yeah. or anything. Yeah. Her best friend is her dog. That's true. And her, her martial arts instructor. Who I don't think we really talked about, but she did have to leave behind. Yeah. You know, Which is just... To go to oof. prison. But the dog's still alive, so you know that's okay. Yeah. But yeah. So, I feel like there's one person we forgot. Who? I don't remember. Oh, gosh. No, I think we did everybody. Oh, we did do Wait, everyone. Wait, Will. No, we did Will. We did <laughs> Will. Will. I'm no, gonna count I think them we again. did everybody. Okay. Will. Yeah. Riley. Yes. I was going to say Diego. That's not right. <laughs> Lido. Yes. Kala. Yeah. Wolfgang. Yeah. Coffeeus. Yeah. Nomi. Yeah. And Sun. And Sun. We oh, did it. We that. did it. Okay. Nice. Okay, now we can do our MVPs. Yeah, I'm getting better at not forgetting one of them either. That's good. Yeah. Who is your favorite? Okay. My favorite for this episode. <sighs> I'd probably say Nomi. That's a good one. Yeah, she's out there. She's trying to get answers. Uh, she might be a little uh, a little bullheaded about it, but I appreciate that she was just 
is like we need to find answers this is not okay she's not mm. going to take it down line i really appreciate that i think this is the first time you really get to see her use her hacker skills it's something that she will do so much in the future that it it won't even be a surprise it'll be kind of just the like the norm so it is fun the very first time you see her get into it i'm like yay nomi's finally getting to hack shit it's exciting um i think uh she would totally make a great like dynamic duo kick-ass detective team with Amanita Mm -hmm. and I'm not gonna lie like I would be down for a series just on that (laughs) (laughs) like uh, I I like that you get to see that her world and her her past has been expanded a little bit and the fact that like Amanita has to adjust to that Uh, I know we didn't really talk about this as much but when they're having like discussions with Amanita's mom Mm -hmm. about like thank you for being so cool about me hearing voices like I I always enjoy like her being accepted and being able to be a soundboard with um, Amanita's family and being accepted into that part of Amanita's life and then Amanita having to adjust to her life with Bug so plus Bug is great so yeah I would say um definitely Nomi's. I wanted to MVP. find an alternative, but I think I have to go with Nomi too. Yeah. Just for everything you said. This is clearly an episode where she does things. Yeah. I mean they all do things, but her episode in particular is driving the season arc. Well, she spends the first half of the season being like a victim, you know. Yeah. And she finally gets to It's empowering take to action. see her take action. Yeah. So, uh what about the sidekicks? Okay, this is hard, because are we including Bug as a sidekick? No. Would you? But you, we can't really include him as a one-off. Not yet, at least. I mean, it, mm, gosh, this is hard. You this can do hard. Bug. I wanted. To, I'm gonna Go do Bug. Bug. I love Bug. Um, we've already talked about. I know why. we've already talked I mean, about him so much. Why? But yeah, Bug would be my choice. That's a good choice. I think, uh, and I also think I really like his dynamic with them and how it continues throughout the series and he's even said like if you girls are doing some charlie's angel shit like i want (laughs) in on it and he says that in this episode and that is kind of like a running gag with him whenever he returns he he always calls them angels so i think he has a great introduction and he's very very memorable and i enjoy him since you did bug i will throw in for riley's dad for making such lovely thin pancakes they look more like crepes must just be the icelandic variety of pancake they're definitely yeah they're not american pancakes don't get disappointed when he says he makes them um yeah he's a good one too and he's so you know intense and yet sweet so loving just because of his eyes yep it's true and i'm just gonna say since it's sticking in my mind that i will pick that little kid for 4k my, yes yeah because he has 4K so, for much, the one-off so much attitude yeah He's like, shit, you think this amateur hour? I was like, damn, kid! And, like, the whole gang has yeah, the same reaction. It. They're like, this guy's great. Yeah, this kid's awesome. This kid's great. Um, In 20 years, he will be our king. Yes, pretty much. I mean, let's be real. That is, I mean, <laughs> ludicrous Lincoln is just, you know he's grooming him. Just saying. Yeah, the kid has got a lot of personality. And he is actually really, really helpful for Will and Diego. So, yeah, I think yeah. that's it. Do you have a favorite, favorite scene? scene? Favorite scene. This is a tricky one for mm. that. And a lot of the scenes are stressful. Yes, they are. Um, I don't know. Do you have one? Um, there's so much that happens in this episode. 
All right, for because I always do this for the cinematic shot. It's definitely Felix getting shot. That's true. Is that something that makes me happy? And I would say that's my favorite. <laughs> no, but I think it's really well shot with the glass and the explosion. It's scary. Um, favorite scene? I mean, honestly, I think it's when Riley flies in and her dad's singing. I think mm-hmm. it's so sweet. And Riley doesn't get a lot of happy stuff in this season. So any moment that she gets where, you know, you know she's not going to get betrayed by her father, it's nice. She gets a nice reprieve in this. So yeah. I would say him singing. Plus he has a lovely voice. And I want a cover of that song to be available. So uh, that's what I would pick. Cinematically, Felix shot. Overall scene, Riley finally making it home. Mm-hmm. What about you? I'll say, I guess, maybe the scene with uh, Lito and Hernando and Danny at the restaurant. Mm. I'm trying to think of like a, a fun scene, I yeah. guess. It's hard to pick. It's a stre- but one. even that one's stressful, too. Yeah, but I, I like that one because I just love the moment when it works. I love it when he like looks over his glasses. He's yes. like, how did I do? <laughs> they're amazed by how well it worked. Yes. Yeah. That's a good one. I'll go with that one. Yeah. Is there like a particular shot? cinematic shot i mean you know that's probably the best shot is the felix pointed shot. out yeah yeah that's good yeah i think that's it i mean moving forward it's just gonna keep going from here it's gonna get crazier uh storylines are definitely blending a lot more it is like i said in the previous episode it's gonna get a lot harder for us to be distinct with the characters because mm-hmm. some of them are definitely going to be tied up in the others so, but I'm excited. It's like we're finally we're on the track towards the finale. Yeah. And oh, I'm very excited to talk about that. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that is it. Anything else? Any last yeah. minute? All right. No. This has been Vicky. This is Camden. And we'll be talking to you guys soon. Bye. 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 Ooh, that was aggressive. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> If you guys liked our show, please let us know. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcast, and also feel free to contact us on our main website. That one is grumpyoctopusproductions.com. Then I'll link you up to all of our social media. You can follow us on Twitter and or like us on Facebook, and you can reach out to us at our email account. That is grumpyoctopusproductions at gmail.com. I think we're sensing a bit of a trend here. (laughs) Um, Also on the website, you guys can check out all of our episode and production notes and fun little extras as well. So, as always, thanks for listening, loyal listeners. Alrighty, signing off.